this is Dan. It's been a while. Um, there is so much going on in my life that I can't even talk about here. So much good. Um, yeah, literally, my brain is overflowing. Uh, but I can't. I can't. Um, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to share with you something I hope as clearly as possible. This is like my fifth attempt, so it's not easy. That I hope will enhance your life and just make you a better person and give you hope that you can change things in ways you couldn't imagine for the better. And why am I saying this on a podcast about sex offenses and sexual abuse because this abuse and these offenses continue to happen and will continue to happen just as all things that human beings are involved in all of our endeavors because of what I'm going to tell you now and if you know what I'm going to tell you now you will understand that you have and always have had within your mind within your hands if you will the ability to change these things okay let's see if this if this attempt works nature versus nurture is an argument that's been pff, huh, since before my time Basically, what they're at, what they're presenting is: Do people do what they do and say what they say, act how they act, because of genetics, or because of their environment, how they were raised? Um, of course, there are arguments on both sides, uh, equally as convincing. But the question is. Who's right? Or is it simply the mystery of mysteries? It's not the mystery of mysteries. I've already solved it. <laughs> it's genetics. I'm not going to sit there and belabor it <laughs> or, or, or drag it out. It's genetics. All of it. Every single little bit of it. And here's why. Your thoughts are not your own. Because of genetics. Every single thing you think is based on two things. Past genetic information and current genetic information. Now when I say genetic information, here's what I mean. If you take a baby, raise it well, and it becomes a fully functioning, productive member of society, good. So take the same baby, raise it well, but put it in a war in that society and then have it come back from that war back into its normal environment, the same environment, healthy environment, it will not be the same person. We know this to be true, but one thing 
most people don't understand are the reasons why it's true. Yes, because of the experience, people have post-traumatic stress disorder. And we know what post-traumatic stress disorder is. But what we don't understand is why the effects differ between different people, even though they've been through the same thing. Okay. And why it lasts for different lengths of time in different people. And there's a whole bunch of trigger situations. We think it's because of memory. We, 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 we think that. But it's not. It's because every single thing that happens right, in a human life is encoded in your genetics. It doesn't have to do with physical memory as we know it. In other words, you can have memories from childhood, events that you have images and sounds and hell, some people can even remember tastes and all five senses of different things that have happened. That's not genetic memory. That's a different kind of memory. Genetic memory is experiential and you don't have control over it. Everything your five senses bring into your brain are experiential. They are immediately and instantly encoded into your genetics. They have to be. Because when you come together with someone else to have a baby and you have that child, it has to have the genetics, the genetic information, to be able to function within the physical, natural world around it. So, when a child is born, it is the result of all of the genetics that came before it, not just the mother and father. Those are the most recent and prominent genetics. Meaning, if you have red hair, chances are one of your children if, or your child is going to have red hair. If you have blue eyes, blue eyes, etc., etc. However, when your child or children have other traits that have nothing to do with the mother or the father, those are genetic traits that date back further. Genetic traits that come out don't just skip a few generations. Genetic traits can come out from thousands of years earlier. And they do in many forms. And that is the problem. Genetic traits don't just come out in large formats. In other words, they're not always obvious. But they are always subtle. How a person deals with other people and how they deal with the world around them, regardless of how they were raised, is exclusively the domain of their genetics. Circumstances will dictate what they do Genetics will always dictate why they do it. 
For example, if in my genetics, Dan, in my genetics, I have found that being physically alone is more advantageous to me than being among other people. Now, you may think, well, that has to do with your upbringing. No, 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 no. I mean when I was being raised and not because of the abuse or anything like that because I have since learned there was not as much abuse as I thought there was. Most of what happened to me was perfectly normal things that happened but we're not getting into that. When I was growing up my instinct even when I had the option to be amongst friends and family was to be by myself because my thoughts were not their thoughts. The feelings that my brain was provoking within itself as a result of my environment, the same environment they were in, was not the same as theirs. So if it's not the same, you feel separated because you are. I couldn't get along with peers not because of me in the sense of you're strange, but, in this, but me in the sense of I'm different. I'm genetically different. My genetics don't allow me to conform. They're tip of the spear genetics, as I would call them, among other things. They're leadership genetics. They're not follower genetics. Some people are born leaders, some are born followers. Most are born followers. You have Joan of Arc, Hitler, he was a, a great leader. Terrible things he did, but think about it. Other people of his time did not raise to where he was, rise to where he was. He did. His genetics allowed him to do that. Other soldiers who believed the same things that he did and had better or worse experiences or the same experiences did not become what he did. Those were his genetics. Presidents, monarchies, all genetics. Yes, I know that some people are born into a set of people and therefore they are given privileges and you may say, well, that has nothing to... Yes, it has everything to do with genetics because I can guarantee you this. I don't care how rich or famous you are or where you were born. If you don't have the intellect, in other words, the genetics, to handle the job, you won't be getting it. Not all rich people become presidents, monarchs, and not all kings and queens have actual power. <laughs> not even back when they actually had power. They had other people below them making the decisions. All they were were figureheads, even today, because their genetics were faulty. But because of society, we propped them up, literally holding them up so you could see their face, telling them what to say, while others below them did the deeds and said the words. So genetics are what controls everything. Not just your eye color and your skin color, but if you're an angry person who flips off the, the you know, goes off the, the deep end, you know, easily, that's genetics. 
if you're a compassionate person, genetics. The fact that I, even though I was a lonely child who wanted to be a part of everyone else and what they were doing, the fact that I chose, even when I had the opportunities to be with these people, to be by myself, is evidence of what I'm saying. It's a piece. Uh, but you can see it everywhere. No matter how you raise people, no matter what environment they're in, some people will rise to greatness of varying levels and others won't. Pick the worst city in the United States. You have prostitutes, gangs, violence, crime, blah, 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 poverty, homelessness, all of the things that you would expect in that environment. Nothing positive or cheerful or, you know, profitable, at least not for anyone living there and, in, and who's under those circumstances. But here's the thing. Why is it that some people from those exact same environments manage to get out and become something? Not all minorities become basketball players in that. Look in every single profession in the United States and you're going to find minorities. And I don't just mean blacks, I mean women, I mean gays, I mean all kinds of people outwardly there doing a professional job just like their counterparts who aren't minorities. How does that happen? Brought up in the same situation, same environment, different results. How does that happen? They all went to the same school, I'm just saying, in this, in, in this example. Take seven kids, same environment, born in the same environment, with the same circumstances. Went to the same schools, knew the same people, hung out together. This one's a crack addict, that one's a lawyer. Their opportunities were exactly the same. Genetics. That's the only difference. Genetics is why I'm doing this podcast in an environment where it's the equivalent of, in America or in other countries, the Salem witch hunt. Back then, if anyone accused you of being a witch just because they didn't like you, or you were practicing witchcraft, which we now understand is a natural part of what we're supposed to be doing. But anyway, uh, if you were found to do that because everyone was religious and stupid, you were killed in any one of many different terrible ways that you couldn't have gotten out of no matter what you did. I mean, think about it. Let's drown a witch, and if she floats, she's innocent. Innocent. She's a fucking human being. She's not going to fluck and fucking float or whatever the hell it was. I was born in this time, in this place, and am now subjected to a witch hunt myself. They are very slowly taking the rights of sex offenders away, just like they did with the blacks. The only difference is, the blacks, they did it pretty much all at once. And because that left a bad taste in people's mouths, worldwide, they're just doing it smaller, incrementally, and slower. Nevertheless, genetics 
are what controls everything that you do. Your experiences controls how you do it. So the fact that you're an angry person genetically isn't going to be changed no matter what environment you're brought up in. It's simply going to be demonstrated in whatever environment you're in. Right from the moment you're a child. Oh, he's a, an inquisitive child. She's an unruly child. She gets into things. She to, He takes things apart. I gave him a brand new radio, and the first thing he did was take it apart. This is genetics. And by the way, these unruly, difficult children, you should nurture those traits. Those are genetics, probably not from you or your wife or you or your husband or you and your spouse if you actually put your genetics together. They're probably genetics from way back. You're like, my mother's mother never acted like that. That's probably because the goddamn genetics are from before then. Before you can remember. You could have Jack the Ripper genes in you and wouldn't know it. You could have Leonardo da Vinci or Leonardo DiCaprio genes. You don't know. I don't mean their exact genes. I mean that kind. The ability to do what these people have done. You could have Hitler genes. You could have Attila the Hun genes. Mother Teresa genes. Whatever genes you have, whatever the genetics traits, they will be enhanced by your environment. But one thing they cannot be, people, is suppressed. Nature, that is to say genetics, has dictated that when a person reaches the age of puberty, a boy can produce sperm, a girl can produce eggs that are viable, that that, moving forward, until the time when either cannot do both of these things or do these things that is when you are an adult first of all there's no such thing as an adult or a child in nature birds have no concept of adulthood dogs cats trees have no concept of adulthood either you may say well a tree doesn't have a consciousness it may not have a consciousness by our standards, but it does reproduce. And it does not reproduce before it's able to reproduce. Anybody who's ever planted anything knows that. You cannot have babies <laughs> fruit from a plant until it's time. And with humans and animals, it's the same. So. In nature, there is no childhood and adulthood. There is no innocence and then adulthood when you're not innocent. There's no age of consent. There's no age. It doesn't exist in nature. And it doesn't exist in humans either. We made it up. That's why within the United States, the age of consent varies. In some states it's 17, in some it's 16, in some it's conditional, but you can actually ask for emancipation at the age of 12 and 13, depending on your circumstances. So it's not 
a natural thing. It's something that we made up. So, how you act is not your control, under your control. You gained knowledge as you grew up on how to and not to interact with people within society based on what you've learned. That's how you do it. So, if you come across somebody who's brought up in a gang-ridden part of whatever city in the United States, and you literally pick him off the street and transport him to, let's say, an, an office building in Manhattan, and you showered him, shaved him, cleaned him up, or her, whatever, women shave, <laughs> uh, and you presented them to a board of executives and said, these people represent money. Whatever your hopes and dreams are, present them to these people and they will make sure that you have the money to make it happen. It would be like you walking up to an ape or a gorilla or a dog or a cat or a tree or a wall or a bus or any other thing that you can't communicate with and trying to communicate it with or trying to communicate with it. You couldn't. The executives, while part of the same species, were not raised in the same environment as these guys. And therefore, while genetically similar, they are not the genetically same. They're not genetically same. Neither is more superior than the other. Because if you reverse the roles and take those executives in their suits on a bus tour and literally kick them out in the middle of the ghetto, the worst ghetto you can imagine, the worst environment imaginable, and tell them, now you live here, survive. And they have no money, they have everything except the clothing on them, they have everything that everyone else here has. So they are now basically wards of the state. They get welfare, they get their welfare checks, they, or however form it comes in. They get their food stamps, however form it comes in. And now they get to live like that. They wouldn't survive. Unless, within their genetics, those instincts and traits were there. And that is the key that I'm trying to point out. If you're seeing the string going through this whole thing, it doesn't matter what genetics, I mean, I'm sorry, what environment you were brought up in. Your genetics are what matters. Now, I know you may see a contradiction. In the ghetto person goes to the boardroom scenario, it was at a disadvantage because I didn't add the fact that if these ghetto folk <laughs> have the proper genetics, they can and will survive in that boardroom setting. Genetics 
are evoked or invoked, if you will, are activated by circumstance and necessity only. If you lay back in the lap of luxury while people serve you day and night, you will not evolve and the babies that you have will not be evolved because they will be programmed with your environment, which is to lay and be served. They won't be challenged. However, if at any point within your genetic history, that means your parents, 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 all the way back to the beginning of fucking time, any one of your ancestors had to fight and struggle for anything, then that means that you have a better than average chance in an environment that you're not familiar with or familiar in of surviving. Because the minute you are placed in that situation, your genetics, that physical part of your body that is required to stand up and be noticed, stand up and be counted, to activate, will be activated. Once the information has gone from your senses into your brain, been converted chemically, and is transmitted to all of your parts of your body, all of the cells in your body, all of the atoms in your body, if that genetic, if those genetics of courage, of rage, of fear, whatever is genetics, whatever genetics you require, if they were in your history genetically, not just your mom and dad or their moms and dads or what you know of, but I mean all the way back to the primordial ooze or creation by God, if that's what you believe, which is ridiculous, those genetics exist and you can call on them almost like multiple personalities which by the way is the explanation to that but we're not getting into it the point is all of that information is at your fingertips but the only and this is why I tell people when I say these kinds of things I'm going to give you all the information you need to access these genetics but you're probably not going to be able to do it. And this is why I say that. Not because I'm not giving you the right information or adequate information, but because necessity is the only method by which to access this genetic information. Like I said, if you're, like I am right now, laying on my bed smoking pot, and enjoying my day and making and making this this you know this presentation if this is all i did every single day which it is not but if it was and i had babies their genetics would first of all have cannabis in them because that's how it works that's why you have crack babies because their genetics were altered by the chemicals of the crack of the cocaine well pot is no different Cigarette smoke is no different. Alcohol is no different. Whatever you have as the mother and the father in your body is going to genetically be transferred to your child. Fathers, hear me. It isn't just the mother who can't drink alcohol and all of that. When you're trying to have a child, whatever is in your system genetically, recently, believe it or not, 
that's encoded in your genetics and contributes to your child. So even if your mother has never drank in her life, your alcoholism is now transferred. Thank you for that. That said, the only way you can access your genetics, you could have a poet, you could have a genius, you could have a musician in you, is to put pressure on those points. For example, had I never sat down in front of a keyboard, electric or otherwise, a piano or anything like that, I would not know that I can create beautiful music. But here's the thing. I cannot sit at a piano or keyboard and play beautiful music for you. I can't do that. But wait, you just said you could. How could you? And you can't. Because the way my genetics are programmed thus far, I can put musical notes together and I can place them on a shelf and then put more musical notes together, place them on a shelf, and continue to do this process, then I can grab these sections of musical notes and reconfigure the, them into a complete piece of beautiful music for you. I know this because I've done that. I've been paid $3,000 for my music at least once in my life. And I am currently using my music in video games that you'll never know it's in there. How can I create music using a keyboard, but I can't sit down at a keyboard and create music? Because the way my genetics work, I can sit down and create a small melody, but a melody is not a piece of music. It's a melody. So then I can create a different melody and other melodies, and that's what I do. I pull them together, and now I have a three-minute song of instrumental music that's beautiful or scary or whatever genre it is. I can do that instinctively, and I don't know how to read music. I can look at a musical note and identify it as a musical note because, hello, <laughs> I'm a person who's 54 years old who was brought up in dysfunctional but a society, but I can't tell you what the musical note is, context, meaning, or how to put it together with other musical notes on a sheet of paper to make music. That's not how I can create beautiful music. If you listened to the earlier works, like the About Me, all of that music in the background is my music. I've since gotten better, but that's all my music. My voice, my music. Created through, by creating melodies, synthesizing them to make them look, sound cool, combining them with others, synthesizing, adding effects, and boom, there's a song. 
Now you may say to yourself, well, isn't that how they make music in a regular uh, production studio? Of course it is. They take tracks of things, put them together, and create songs. So it's no different. My point was, I never had any professional training to do this or opportunities. All of this was just genetics. I just knew how to do it. Some people are very good at building things. They just know how to do it. I built a structure for an ex-girlfriend. I'd never done carpentry before in my life. I'm creative. I'm a creative genius, as I've said. I don't need to know how to build something. I need to know what I want to build. That's it. Because then I'll look around me and find the available resources and tools. And in my imagination, literally, like you see on movies and TV, how they try to show you what a person's thinking, a person like me is thinking, I have all these images of the things that I have. And I can literally put them together in three dimensions in my mind. And I could do this since I was a child before 3D was even a thing. There was no CG, computer-generated graphics. I could swirl all these things around in my head, mesh them together, take them apart, put them together, until I found a configuration of something I liked. And if it wasn't something I ultimately wanted, as long as it was a piece, a cog, in the machine of what I wanted, then I could put it into the machine. But before I reconfigured it, I couldn't. Or maybe I reconfigured it and it is what I ultimately wanted. But that's all genetics. The ability to do that? I remember this one time with an ex-girlfriend, an actual female adult woman, uh, who willingly had sex with me. Just so you were clear, I remember this time when I was at her dad's house. Now, her dad and I didn't, didn't have a, a good relationship like her sister's uh, uh, boyfriend did with her sister and, and him, um, which is no reflection on me. I just wasn't. Yeah, that's, I wasn't into cars or any of the same things they liked. But here's the thing. They were working on a car. They work on cars all the time. These are car people. They know everything there is to know. And both of them individually could, because each has the knowledge, skills, and the tools, strip down a car completely down to nothing, as if it wasn't even put together on the manufacturer's showroom floor or whatever and rebuild the entire thing, including the engine, individually. So combine, if they come across a problem with a car, they'll solve it. They will solve it. So they're standing there, crouched over the problem that they can't solve together. I, knowing nothing of cars, am looking at the situation and I solve the problem in a fraction of a second. So quickly did I solve the problem that I had enough time to contemplate to myself inside my own head. Should I say something and thus capture the day as the one who solved this dilemma that they've been looking at for over an hour? Or should I shut my mouth and let them eventually figure it out, which they did because that's what I chose to do, and allow them to have their bonding experience and continue on their way without disruption 
from a jerk-off who happened to be smarter than they were and see the problem as if it was a giant glowing fucking red dot. (laughs) As I said, I chose to be the guy who said, let them go on. So I didn't say anything, even though, because of my genetics, I could see the problem and the solution instantly. I mean, I literally just walked on the scene and saw what it was. They were literally looking at the same stuff with all their experience and saw nothing. But in my intellect, I knew it was important for them to have that. If they failed, together they failed. If they succeeded, together they succeeded. But it was a history that they had from long ago before I just walked in there and could have just parted the Red Sea, you know could have just solved the problem and then walked away. Oh, it's this. Connect this to this. Do that. Run that. Do this. And now it's done. And then I could have walked away. And they would have been going, holy fuck. We've been standing here for hours looking at this. He knows nothing. How the fuck did he just walk in here and do that? (sighs) The same way that I can't walk up to any piano or keyboard in the world and play it. I can't. However, give me a computer that same piano and keyboard and I will mix you a symphony original symphony that's how so the only way you can access these genetics is by stress is by fear is by hate is by anger Strong emotion, that's what it is. See, emotions, we think, come from our chest, but they don't. You know, when people say, I feel, they point to their chest. There is no emotional organ in your chest, stupid. I've tried to argue that with some people, and they're like, yeah, but I feel it in here. No, dumbass. All emotion comes from your brain. Everything you think Everything you feel and everything you are, except for this physical body, is in your brain. Everything about this physical body is to do one thing. Facilitate your brain. That's it. Your blood pumps to facilitate your brain so your brain can control all of the things that your body does. Your skin grows. Your eyelashes grow. They fall off. Your your, uh, nails grow. Right, And then you cut them. Cells get old and die. New cells are born. All of that is controlled by your genetics through your brain. So, the only way that you can access the greater and more mysterious parts of your genetic like I have and become smarter in every way without having to experience the experiences like most people because remember your genetics already have those experiences from past generations when your mother experienced fear depression anger when your mother experienced elation happiness Whatever the emotions that were most prominent and most regulated in her body, 
Those were genetically imprinted and passed on to you and will be yours. But also, everyone who came, everyone who came before her. So even if you come from a family of hardship and pain and sorrow, others in your genetic line may have had better lives, happier lives. And those genetics are in you. You can access them. And here's how. Pain, anger, and I'm just kidding. You have to be able to exert pressure on your mind, on your brain, in order for it to release the kinds of chemicals that force certain genetics to expose themselves, to open. Take, for example, remember those stories, and they're true, many of them, of the mother whose car was on top of her child after an accident, and she was able to hoist, not the whole car, but lift it a few feet above to get the kid out when in any other situation she just didn't have, wouldn't have had the strength. Well, the fact is she always had the strength. The muscles, the tendons, the veins, all of the muscle, I'm sorry, all of the bones that make up her body and all of those things are exactly the same as three seconds before she lifted the car. What changed? She didn't suddenly physically become the Incredible Hulk or physically change, so she didn't gain muscle math, ma sorry, mass, <laughs> math, muscle mass. So what changed? How come if you put that same amount of weight in front of her, even that car, on a regular day, she would struggle and never be able to lift it as far? Simple. She was always able to do it. The genetics were always there. The necessity to do it was not. You are capable of doing things you couldn't even begin to believe. The genetics are there. As soon as you are faced with a situation where you have to do something or an emotional situation so heightened that action is required, the genetics from your past, even beyond your conscious or family tree memory, will be activated without you even knowing they will be. I remember this one time when I went on to, and I've mentioned this before, I went on to a suicide prevention uh, website. And <laughs> I, I, I was ignorant. I didn't know. I wanted to kill myself. And I was going to do it. And I expressed that. And then I cut off communication. Within 15 minutes of me cutting off communication, and I shit you not, I had a police cruiser and an ambulance in my driveway. Now, these people did not know where I lived. We did not exchange information. It's an anonymous suicide prevention website. You don't give them any information, including your email address. All you do is start chatting. There's no sign-in. So you don't have to sign in. 
because of what they do, they have an algorithm that tracks IP addresses. That means your internet protocol address, which is your house address, essentially. It's the address of your router. It's the address of where you are. And once they had that, all I had to do is log on to their server. When I say log on, I mean access their server. Start chatting, and it instantly started tracking where I was. It, not that they were going to do anything with the information, unless they felt that my life was in danger. And they did. They didn't tell me they were going to do this. I was literally preparing myself to die when I got a knock on the door, or more like a bang on the door. Now, why am I mentioning this? Because I went from perfectly calm and ready to end my life to my adrenaline going like crazy. Immediately, because your adrenal glands, your adrenaline glands are in your chest. Well, just below where where your lungs are. They're in that area on both sides of your body. So when you feel fear, when you feel something, when your heart breaks after hurting, someone hurt you, that emotion, what you're feeling in your chest is your adrenaline, which is activated for a lot of different reasons and not just when you have to fight or flight, when you have to fight or run. But in this particular instance, I had to run, so I ran. And what I did was a feat I couldn't duplicate even though I tried many times. I literally, with one hand on the fence, jumped over a six-foot-high stockade wooden fence. No, no, I did not run at the fence, jump into the air, and leap it. Of course not. What I did do was I placed my hand on one of the rungs, the pointy rungs of the fence. I literally, with one arm, hoisted myself. I didn't even stop moving. I ran at the fence, grabbed it, hoisted myself up over the damn fence without touching it except for that one arm and landed on the ground in the crouched position on the other side of the fence. That's not how I remember it. That's what the cameras on the house picked up. When I saw it, I was like, how the fuck did I just do that? It looked like something you would see in a movie, like as if I was on wires and someone suddenly lifted me up and over the fence. But that's not what happened. And I didn't become superhuman. All I did was do what my genetic memory told me to do. I could already do that. What happened was, once my, gen my adrenaline got going, my genetics overpowered my rational thought. And the ability for me to have the muscle strength, even as skinny as I am, and as weak as I am physically, as far as strength goes, I was able 
to raise my whole body up off the ground with one hand just using the strength in that hand and arm and everything it's attached to. Period. But that ability was always there. I've tried it since. I can't do it. I mean, I've tried. But I didn't have the motivation. And I can't repeat the motivation. Because I was scared. I'm terrified of law enforcement. If it was just the ambulance, I wouldn't have cared so much. But I'm terrified of those fuckers. Have them put you in a room and start beating on you and then you see how terrified you are. So, anyway, the point that I'm making is the mother could do that with her child because she could always do that. I could do that with the fence because I could always do that. You can do things that you can't believe you can do because you could always do that. I've seen people on YouTube videos skiing down a fucking mountain with no arms and no legs using prosthetics. Four prosthetics. Now, I learned how to ski when I was around seven, eight years old, when I was at a children's center, kind of an orphanage. I loved skiing, so I know that I am capable of skiing. As an adult, I am terrified of skiing because I know that if I make a mistake, the law of gravity is going to keep my body smashing and rolling and smashing and rolling until the forces that oppose it cause me to stop. And that means I'm a rag doll until nature decides I'm not. And I've decided that's not a position I want to place myself. I mean, I've watched the Olympics and I've seen when they screw up Holy shit, their bodies just flail everywhere and they have no control of nothing until they come to a rest and assess whether they're alive, dead, and what the damage is. Children don't think about things like that because they don't watch things like that because back then they didn't have those kinds of videos on YouTube because they didn't have YouTube. Nevertheless... I have seen people with no arms and no legs do things I myself will not do. The only reason I won't isn't because I can't. It's because my mind is set to not do it. But put me in a life or death situation, in a situation where I care about life, and I guarantee you, I will find the courage and the ability to do it even if I don't remember how to ski my mind will remember all that information is right there in genetics just because I haven't done it doesn't mean I won't be able to do it it may take a moment to get my balance but even if it's a situation where I'm learning in a way that I'm learning for the first time like even if it's as if my mind does not remember any of what I learned. I will still be able to do it genetically. So, the way that you can improve your life isn't by going to some big mouth guru who's charging you $45 for the privilege of listening to his big mouth. 
or even some silent little guru sitting on a big giant carpet or pillow draped in some material with a big white beard or a bald Chinese guy. It doesn't matter what they say or what form they take. These guys aren't going to help you. You are going to help you the way I helped myself. I have wonderful things happening in my life that I couldn't even begin to explain even if I could explain them to you. And I can't because of on this goddamn registry. But they are good things. They are helpful things. Helpful. And they are not bad things or illegal things. They're wonderful things. But the only reason I'm able to do those things is because I learned that I can access all of the genetic traits of everyone who was ever born before me in my genetic line. I may not know my dad, but I have his genes. I, may, I know my mom, but I may not know her parents' parents. I didn't know her dad. I knew my grandmother, but I didn't know her mom and dad. I didn't know my dad's parents, parents, parents. But I know this for certain. That I have capabilities, capabilities and abilities that even at this current place that I am mentally, I don't even know about. But I do know this also. That I have capabilities and abilities now that I'm using in my improved life that I couldn't have ever imagined were possible before because of accessing these genetics. They were always there. The genetics were always there. I remember saying to myself, because I own my own house, it's a duplex, and I remember saying... I could have, because I'm on disability, I'm, I'm poor, I said, there could be millions of dollars in cash tucked away in the walls of this house that I bought, and I don't know about it. And as long as I don't know about it, and if I did, can't access it, then I am still poor. And it's true. If you have something amazing, but you don't know you have it, then you can't use it. And if you can't use it, you don't have it. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, in reality, you do. It's in your genetics. Whatever you think you can't do, whatever job you think you can't get, whatever bully you think you can't stand up to, look at the other people who look just like you, who have five fingers and five toes and are working and playing, shitting and pissing, fucking and screwing all around you. Look what they're doing. And if any of them are doing something you say you can't do, ask yourself one question. Why? Why can't I do that? And then go do it. Because there is no reason. 
You are genetically capable of doing everything that everyone who came before you in your genetic line was capable of doing. And that's it. I've given you all the information you need to be able to access and activate your genetics. All you have to do is believe that you can and start doing whatever the hell it is that you think you can't do. Stand up to the bully. Even if you get your ass beat, stand up to them again. Keep getting your ass beat and I guarantee you they'll stop. It's only good and fun and useful to bully someone who backs down. You're not bullied anymore the minute you stand up. And oh yeah, why don't you learn martial arts or how to defend yourself? That might help too. You have the ability to do everything. It's in your genetics. Go do it.